If you are joining us for the very first time, we've been going through the book of Bible called the Hebrews. Now here's what we know about the book of Hebrews. We know that the people, this is probably most likely a sermon. This sermon was preached. We don't know exactly who preached this sermon, but this sermon is taken from church to church to church. Here's what we do know about the people who are getting this word. They're on the run. They're on their own. We're gonna learn a little bit more about that in Hebrews chapter 11 today, but they're on the run. They're, they're being persecuted for their faith. And um, you guys don't really, some of you guys are like, well, what's persecution? Some of you guys think persecution is when someone cuts you off in traffic, or maybe you think persecution is when you go to um, DG Donuts to get the donuts and they're out of the favorite kind of donut. Like maybe that's persecution. But these guys, they're on the run because they're faith, because they're just following Jesus. They're doing what you did this morning. They're coming to church and they're being persecuted for coming to church. They're inviting their neighbors with those invite cards you can grab out in the lobby. They're inviting their neighbors to church and they're being persecuted for that. And we're gonna read some pretty crazy stories in just a moment today about what happens when these people are just trying to love people. When they're just trying to serve God and love people. When they do that, they're on, they're on the run from that. They're, they're, they're gonna lose their life for just loving people and building people up and doing things that we ask you guys to do every single week and doing things that God's word tells you. They're on the run. And so what happens on the run, whenever they do what you and I do, whenever we're on the run, we start looking for our own gods. We start looking for our own, if you're honest in your day, you start looking for your own way out. You're like, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure this out. I, this week, I, something happened this week, and I started putting together my plans. I started making things work. And once I got my plan together, I got it all figured out. Then I was like, okay, cool. Now I'm going to pray. <laughs> now I'm going to pray. And God reminded me that, that prayer should be your number one strategy. Prayers be number So instead of praying, these guys are wandering. They're trying to figure out. So they're like, okay, what can we, where can we go to fix our problems? So in, in chapter one and chapter two, they're like, maybe we can pray to the angels. Like, let's pray to the angels. And in chapter one and chapter two, the writer reminds them like, Jesus is greater than the angels. Like, that's cool. God is the one who actually created the angels. So don't worship the angels. Don't worship the creation. Worship the creator. We, we've been there before. We, we've worshiped our stuff sometimes. And God's saying, hey, don't worship your stuff. Worship me. I'm the only thing that's worthy of all the, of all the worship. So they're like, cool, we got Moses. And then, and then they go from angels, and then they go to Moses. Like, cool, we're looking for a leader. We need, a, we need someone who's going to lead us. Like, we've got some really good leaders in our day and age. And we know these people, they were familiar. These, these, were, these guys were familiar with, with, with the, the, the time of the time they were around. They heard stories of, like, Moses and, and Abraham and Isaac, all these great leaders that we use in the Bible and Joshua. They're like, we need a better leader. Like, that's our problem. Our problem is we need a better leader. And we were reminded, the writer tells us, that Jesus is the great leader. If you're looking for someone to follow, Jesus is a good, good follow. I'm on social media quite a bit. When people say, hey, you got to follow them, they're a good follow. If you're looking for a good follow, follow Jesus. He's a good follow. Everything he says, by the way, is inspirational. Everything Jesus says is retweetable and shareable, and you don't have to edit it all. He's a good follow. And say, you want to follow Moses, don't follow Moses, follow Jesus. Then they go from there and say, cool, we're going to go back to, we're gonna, we need a high priest. We need a high priest. If you remember in the, in, the, in, the, in the Old Testament, they would go to the high priest. The high priest would go and he would confess all of his sins. He would come out, he would scrub back in again, and he would take another sacrifice, and he'd go and sacrifice an animal for all the people's sins. So basically, I would go in as their pastor leader, I would go into the temple and the, the Holy of Holies, and I would pray and ask God to forgive me of all my sins. And then I would come out, and then I would clean myself up again, get all ready again, and then I would take an animal in there, and I would sacrifice the sins for the people that go to our church. And here's what you and I know. You don't want me being a sacrifice for your sins. <laughs> We've already established that I'm a terrible God. And God's a better God. And say, so, like, we're not going to go the old system. Like, listen, you don't need a high priest. You have direct access to God. There's world religions out there today, and I'm not here to bash them, 
but they teach people, come and pray to this person, and they're going to heal you, and they're going to forgive you, and they're going to do these things, but we have direct access to God. It, makes, it's so, it frustrates me so much that people want to go to someone and confess their sins, which, which you should confess your sins to your brother. They can help heal you, and they can help grow you, and they can pray for you. All those things are good, but we have direct access to God. You don't have to come to church today and say, Pastor, can you pray for me? You can pray to God in your car on the way here before you ever get here. Tonight, when you go to bed, you can pray. You can ask God to help you, whatever you need help with. You can do that. God is a, God is a better Moses. He's a greater, he's a greater high priest. And like, cool, we're going to go back to the old system. And Jesus goes, guys, there's a better system. And that system is Jesus. I want to preach a message to you today called, It's Time. <clears throat> it's time. Every single morning I wake up, if you're new today, I have a, I have a 12-year-old daughter. I, I've been calling her 11 for like two years now, but she's 12. <laughs> My wife always corrects me. She's like, she's 12. Like, she's been 12 since like a long time ago. Like, she's, yeah. So I have a 12-year-old daughter, and, and she's awesome, and she loves Jesus. And I have an 8-year-old son, and he's trying to figure out whether he's going to love Jesus or be cool. Most days he leans towards being cool. We're going to figure out a way to make it kind of go together a little bit. But pray for him. He's on the right track. And um, um, the Bible says, um, you know, you got to train him up the way they should go. What that means is you got to spank that bottom. You know what I'm saying? That's what the Bible teaches. And spare the rod, spoil the child. You know what I'm saying? Like you got to just, you got to light it up, 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 light it up, up, up. The other day I spanked him and he goes, bro. He didn't say bro. He probably thought, he's like, dad, you really hurt me. I'm like, I know. <laughs> I was trying to, but the puzzling thing was, is he did, you did, I didn't say this to him. I went to now, I was like, hey, I spent trip. And she's like, what happened? I'm like, I got really nervous parents. I'm like, she's like, what happened? I'm like, he didn't cry. <laughs> and like my dad on the front row would say, and like I say to my wife, like, you didn't spank him hard enough. <laughs> you know, like, you, it didn't work, you know, but like five minutes later, he's like, man, you really got me good, you know? And, and I'm like, yes, it was supposed to, you know? And so I had to say, you know, you, you it's, I need to help you love Jesus and get him on the right track, get him in the right direction. And. So, um, I'm, on, I'm getting sidetracked. Let me see if I can bring it back together. <laughs> Where was I at? Um, we got to train them up. And then after that, I have, I have twins. I have twins that are, that are five years old. And, um, and I'm, thankful, I'm thankful for them. But when I, every single morning we get in the car somewhere between 7 and 7.20. <laughs> Depending on how bad the day is going, depending if someone needs a water bottle and what they need. But we're usually about between 7 and 7.20. We've got water bottles. We've got lunches. And we're on the way to school. And when they say, dad, we get to school, they get to the car, we drop off my older daughter. She's in middle school and my kids wait for eight o'clock and then they get out of car, out of the car. And so the whole time they're saying, dad, what time it is? What time is it? What time is it? What time? I'm like, say, hey, it's time. It's time. Like, no, dad, what time is it? No, it's time. And I think so many times as Christians, we're looking for all the answers. And I want to let you know today, it's time for you today. It's time. It's, it's your moment. You're like, well, what time is it? It's time for you and I today to take our next step. I brought a step today and I've brought a lot of objects the last few weeks because I really feel like God wants to make sure you guys give us, but it's time for a lot of you guys in here today, by a lot of you in here today, I mean all of you in here today, it's time for you to take the next step. It's time for every single one of you in here today to take a next step. And if you're here today, you're like, well, Wes, I don't know if I need to take a next step. You need to. And for me, I need to take a next step. You're like, every single person here today, you need to take a next step. There's not a person here today that doesn't need to take a next step. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 30 years, 40 years, I don't think any of you guys have been around long enough to be a Christian for 50 years. But I don't care how long you've been a Christian for. It's time for you to take a next step. I've been a Christian for a long time. I've been following Jesus since I was in fourth grade. I've, I've served this church. I've worked in three houses of worship, and, and I've served God faithfully. But it's time for West Beecham to take another step. Every single person. There isn't a person here today that's exempt from taking the next step. Now, this is important today, and this is why this is important. About two years ago, some of the guys from the church went over, and they put together a trampoline for my, for my house. I guess what they think is guys with skinny jeans can't put together a trampoline. I don't know. And 
They were right. They were right. They put together my trampoline. They messed it up. They actually had to do it twice. So I was like, that's what you get for making fun of me. And they put together a trampoline, and we'd walk our little two-year-olds out there. They're, they're now five or two or three, and they couldn't get up onto the trampoline. And, and the trampolines today are different than trampolines back in the old days, the kind that we had. The kind that we had, Dad, there was no safety net that some hover mom invented. You're in here today. I know you are. I know, I know you're in here. You invented it. I know. No dude, no dude invented the, the, the net, the hover net. Like no one. And so you got, we, they got a zipper, caution sign. Like back in the day, like when you got on a trampoline, you knew you were getting tetanus. Like there was no, there, you didn't need a sign for that. People didn't care. Moms and dads didn't care. Neighbors didn't care. My wife's like, hey, Wes, whenever people come over, we're like we're pastors and we lead this organization. So we got to make sure they sign a waiver. Like there was no waivers back in the day. Back in the day when we used to drink out of the water hose, like back in the day, like there was, no one cares. And my kids used to use this step when they want to get in the trampoline, they would climb up the steps so they could get into the trampoline. But I realized the other day I was watching, they, now they're not using this thing. This has been in the backyard for two years. I'm like, well, I need to use that for my message because they don't need it no more. It's time for some of you guys here to take a next step. Maybe you don't need this. Maybe the step you got to take today, you can bypass. But some of you guys here today, most people that I meet with, every single time you meet with them, I'm encouraging them to take the next step. It's your day. Today's your day. And in the next 20, when, when 24 minutes is up from now, you will have an opportunity to take your next step. Today's your day. If you're wondering, oh, what about me? Yeah, you, if you're wondering about you. Well, I've been taking steps my whole entire life. You will take next steps until you die. I, I was joking with someone, that pastor, someone lady, the pastor should buy me a cup of coffee. He's like, I'm so sorry, I'm late. And I was like, well, if you didn't bring me coffee, you would have been on time. <laughs> I didn't say that. That would have been a jerk move. I said, thank you. And she was like apologizing to me. I said, no, no, no. I said, get in there. I said, it's not about, it's not about perfection. It's about progress. We will be in progress until we die. It's your time. The pastor, the pastor of this message, the writer, he's preaching. He is bringing his A game and he gets to this little tyrant and he goes back and his illustrations are about his kids, his illustrations, his illustrations about the community that he has seen go and grow over the time called the children of Israel. And he starts taking them back. Hey, guys, remember? You remember these guys? You remember when they started taking the next steps? You remember when they did that and, and God showed up? Remember when they did that and God showed up? Remember when they did that and God showed up? And some of you guys in here today, you're already thinking that this is one of those messages where it's going to be really hard for me to accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. And I want to let you know in here today, every one of you in here today, how what it takes to make, take the next step. There isn't one person here today that doesn't have the ability to take the next step. And he gets to that point where he is, he is preaching. And my son said, said to me the other day, my, my, my eight-year-old, he's like, Dad, I like it to that part. I like that part of the message at the very end where the piano's going and you're telling the people, they gotta do what's right and they gotta serve Jesus. And, and that's where we find ourselves at in Hebrews chapter 11. He's like, hey guys, it is about faith. Hope Church, if you're gonna know God, find freedom, discover purpose, make a difference. It is about your faith. It is, it's your time. It's your time to make your, it's your time to take the, the next step in your faith. He goes, faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. There's a God that we're talking about. There's a God we're telling our kids about. And our faith is allowing us to see that. This faith that we're talking about is huge. The Bible said this, this faith is the evidence of things that we cannot see. Now, I want to let you know today, you didn't see the cross. You weren't there. You didn't see Jesus carry the cross and you didn't see him hung. You didn't see his nail pierced hands. You didn't see the crown put on his, you know, but you've seen it. You weren't there, but you've seen it. And the thing that's allowed you to see it is a word called faith. So you, you weren't there, but you, but you saw it. I can tell you right now, my, my dad will tell you on the front row, man, I was a, I was a punk 10-year-old kid 
who became a punk 15-year-old kid, who became a punk 20-year-old kid, who became a punk 25-year-old kid. And at 25, I realized I don't want to be a punk no more. <laughs> there used to be a song that says, I don't want to be a player no more. I'm not a player. I got a scrush. I just decided I don't want to be a punk anymore. God said, hey, Wes, it is over. No more. I, don't like, I don't want the punk version. It's time, for you to, it's time for you to take a next step, to go from punk to pastor. It's time for you to get, my sister said amen. <laughs> She's like, my whole life I've been waiting for you to quit being a punk, you know. Like, it happened at 25 and every once in a while there's traces of punk in my life. It's going to leave you, Andrew. I promise you, buddy. It just it took me 25. I'm just kidding. I love, I love Andrew. The Bible says it's through these guys' faith. The people in the days of old, they earned a good reputation. You want a good reputation, start living a life of faith. Start living a life of faith. <clears throat> By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. God created the heavens and earth. God spoke creation out of his mouth. We didn't see that. But faith allows us to believe it. If you're here today wondering if God's into creation, I want to let you know he's into creation. He's told people, like, dude, are you like one of those creation people? I'm like, yeah, I know who created everything. Of course I'm into creation. He's created everything. We didn't see it, but faith allows us to believe it. And if you could, if you're simple-minded in here enough to think that man created all this in here today, then your mind is really simple. There's a greater creator going on. I heard someone say the other day, I heard, I listened to a guy speak there, and he, said, he, asked, he asked the question, do you know how many, how many um, atoms are in a drop of water? And if you think about that today, your number would be off. And the guy's like, I'll throw a number out there. It was this astronomical number because we can't get our arms around the God that we create. We can't get our arms around the creation, much less the creator. He says, faith allows us to see that. Verse four, it was by faith that Abel, he brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. He was good at the, the financial giving. He brought the sacrifice because of his not because he made a lot of money, but because he had a lot of faith. His faith allowed him to give. His faith allowed him to bring sacrifice. His faith allowed him to give his life. His faith allowed him to give his life to Jesus and to follow Jesus. Your faith, if you're here today and you know who God is, it's your faith that's allowed you to know God. If you have found freedom, it's your faith that's allowed you to, to find freedom and the faith that God's given you. And if you discover purpose, it's because of the faith that God's put in you. And if you're making a difference, it's not because you're awesome and you're incredible. Why you may be awesome and may be incredible, it's because of your faith and it's because of God who's allowed you to make a, to make a difference. It's by faith that Enoch, he was taken up to heaven. He didn't even die. That's another story for another time. Verse, um, verse six, it, it's, a, it's impossible to please God without faith. Did you know this? If that's true, then did you know it's possible to please God? It's possible. You know how you please God? Live a life of faith. All God wants from you is not a, God doesn't want an incredible thing. He wants you to take next steps. God wants to build your, God wants to build your faith. It isn't this huge checklist. It's he wants to build your faith. It's impossible to please him, but you can please him if you have faith. Anybody who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and he rewards those who diligently seek him. Do you want to be rewarded? I don't know anyone who doesn't be rewarded. You know how you be rewarded? Live a life of faith. Quit trying, hey, do yourself a favor today. This is freebie, not even the notes. Don't take a picture of it. Quit trying so hard. Follow Jesus and he will allow you to take the steps. But everyone's trying to be self-made. I told our first service, don't be self-made, be faith-made. Like, let's put people say, man, faith got him there. Faith got here. I'm here today. I'm a product of the grace of God. I don't deserve to be up here. I'm not a good communicator. I have all the I could tell you all the things that I'm not good at. Everything. <laughs> it's by faith. I've just taken a little step of faith. 
when God told me to start this church, did you know what I, I thought the same thing that you thought? Well, I thought you said it was just a little step. Well, that was a big step for me. But I just, you know how you, you, know how you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. You know how you please the Lord? One step at a time. One little step, one little step, one little step, one little step. And these guys did that. And in the Bible, their, their title is, the, the title of this passage of scripture in, in Hebrews chapter 11 is the Faith Hall of Fame. The guys that killed it, they didn't, it wasn't about anything what you and I think about earthly possible. It wasn't about their gifts, their talents and abilities. It was about their faith. And he, the writer's trying to drive it home. Guys, you're running around, but digging your faith. Remember the guys that went before us? The Bible says in verse 11, it was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. She was barren and she was too old. And she believed that God would keep his promise. If God has promised you something in today, church, if God's promised you something, don't quit believing. Don't stop believing because God wants to come through. He always comes through. He always provides. I was at the Habitat for Humanity last night and a lady walked in there and she goes, I paid off my house. And the only reason I was able to do that is because I kept on believing that God was gonna help me do it. I wanna encourage you today that God wants to help you do Everything that he's promised you, he wants to fulfill. Verse 12, and so a whole nation came from this one lady because of her faith. A whole nation came from one lady because of her faith. Not because she was a great mom, not because of mom guilt, not because of anything else, because she had great faith. A whole nation came from all these people. They died. All these people that we're talking about, they died. They were still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was, what was promised, but they saw, it from a, from, they saw it all from a distance, and they welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. They weren't living for the earth. I heard a guy say recently, most people don't talk about heaven because they got nothing invested into it. I want to encourage you today. You need, to start invest, you need to start investing into heaven. If you invest in heaven, it's the greatest investment that you can make. I'm for 501c3s. I'm for 401ks. I am for all those things. I think you should live. I think you should give. And I think you should save. Live, give, save. Live, give, save. Or give, live, save. You, you call it how you want to. In our house, we give first. And then we live next. And then we save. And sometimes we give. And then we live. And then we give. And then we save. My wife's like, we got to put away for retirement. I'm like, why? She's like, because I do not want to be pastoring this church with you forever. She's like, four years has been hard enough on me. You know what I'm saying? She's like, you see this gray hair? It's because I'm helping you. Like, I didn't have this. Before the church, I didn't have this. I'm just kidding. My wife and I, we love this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's the funnest thing we've ever done. We, we eat, sleep, and breathe this thing. It's awesome. We love it. Verse 14. said, obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can now call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. Are you living for heaven or are you living for earth? The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be given unto you. We got to seek God first. We got to seek God first. The Bible says in verse 17, it was by faith that Abraham offered a sacrifice, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. When God was testing him, Abraham, who had received God's promise, was ready to sacrifice his only son. I'm not sacrificing my son. I'm glad God's, ever, God's not asking any of you guys in here today, but you know what he is asking you to do? He's asking you to live. How's your, how, what's your life look like? I heard this the other day recently. If someone met you, if someone met you, my sister sent me this, but if someone met you, would they want to follow Jesus because they met you? Oh, I hope so. Because people aren't seeing Jesus. They're seeing the people who claim to know him. People aren't reading the Bible. They're reading the people who read the Bible. So my question for you today is, how do, people, how do people see you? Let's jump down to verse, uh, verse 20. It was by faith that Isaac promised 
it was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his son Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. Verse 22, it's by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, he said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his take his bones with them. He's like, dude, we're gonna get out of this town. Like, we're by faith, we're gonna get out of here. The bondage that you're in, we're gonna get out of this thing because God's gonna get us out of it. When you get out of stuff, is it because you put together a really, really good plan or is it because God got you out of it? He goes, we're gonna get out of here to the point where if I don't die, you can take my bones with me. I'm gonna get us out of here. Verse 22 is by faith that Joseph, he was about to die. He told you confidently. Verse 23 is by faith that Moses' parents, they hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that the God-given that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. He goes, we're gonna please the Lord. By faith, we're gonna please the Lord. We're not gonna do what the king wants us to do. We're gonna do what God wants us to do. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of the sin. He's like, I'm gonna keep on living my life for God. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt because I'd rather have what God wants me than what the world wants for me. I'm not, for, I'm not against big houses and nice things, but I'm not for that if that's gonna jeopardize you following Jesus. Jesus has to be your number one and everything else will line up the way it's supposed to line up. Not against stuff. You'll know, you hang out with me long enough that you know I'm not. I like, actually like stuff. I think stuff likes me. You know, like, like I didn't want that, but it wanted me, so I had to get it. You know, I like stuff. But in our house, we make sure that it's, 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 it's living for God first. It's God first. It's God first. It's God first. <clears throat> Verse 29 says this, it was by faith that the people of Israel, they marched around Jericho for seven days. And they took that city. You wanna know how they took that city? By faith, not by muscle. You didn't need any muscle. Some of you guys in here today, you are the most talented people I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, you are killing it. I, I go places, I meet with people, I sit at different boards, I'm on the board here, I'm on the board for the habits every me. And usually when I get to the tables, I am the most, I'm, I'm the guy at the table that's least likely to be at the table. This guy's a doctor, this guy's running the hospital. And here I am over here just like, I just, just love Jesus. That's all I got. <laughs> They're like, he's, that's, we, we needed a token pastor, so we're going to bring him in. We need some guy can, that can pray. Like, we need, let's, let's get Wes. Dude, I get there. These guys are like CEOs, CFOs, and all these things. And I'm going to be like, yo, Jesus is my CEO. Jesus is my CFO. Like, I want to encourage you today. You don't have to do everything that the world is doing to get ahead. You can be different. The world's not looking for more of the same. The world's looking for more people who are different. So when I get to these boards, I think I'm there because I have something that they don't have. They're looking for something different. And I got it. I know, I know, I know who he is. I know what they're, I know what they're looking for. They, it, it, they usually go get it and it manifests their ways, but I know what they're really looking for. People come to me all the time, hey, can I meet with you? 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 We pastor people in the church, but we pastor people out of the church. People will come to me and I'm like, dude, I don't know how I can help you. You make more this year than I'll see in my whole entire life. I don't really know what you want me to do. But you know what they're looking for? They're looking for something different. They're looking for people who are filled with faith. People are looking for people who are faith-filled. That's what this church has to be. That's what these people were. These people, they were, they were faith-filled. Verse 32, I love it. He goes, how much more do I need to say, guys? We've watched some incredible things happen. 
We've seen people, for, for Hope Church context, we've seen a lot of people know God and find freedom and discover person. We've seen a lot of people do that. Like, you're here today on someone else's sacrifice. You're here today. Most likely, some of you guys today, someone bought the chair. When we got to this church, when we got here to, to the YMCA, there was a church here before. They had 20 chairs. That was the church before us. And we needed 200 chairs. And we went from one service to two services. And we're here. Someone bought the floor. Someone bought this pipe. Someone else bought that. It's time for you to take the next step for the next generation that's going to come through. We, we need you. We need you here. I was walking through the lobby yesterday, and I saw Ashley, and she was setting up, and she helps us up on a lot of Saturdays. And I said, hey. She looked at me like, whenever your pastor says, hey, she's like, oh, crud, what I do? It was kind of like, it was kind of like one of those things. I like, so, I like when it's not a big deal, I like to make it seem like, hey. They're like, what? They kind of look at me like, I said, she was there next to Diana, my wife, and she said, I said, Diana needs you. She goes, I know. She's like, everybody who knows you knows that Diana needs some normal people in her life. So, like, she gets it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. She's like, I said, Diana needs you. And she goes, okay. I said, no, she needs you. I said, you guys need each other. You need each other. You're in here today. We need you. We, we, this church, they, you, need, you need us, and, and, and we need you. Frank and Kenya are going are gonna to bury their grand, grandma today. You know what they got that some of you guys don't have? They got a community group. You need that. You need a community group. You need a community people that are going to lock your arms. With. They're good to go. They got people around them. They're surrounded. When they don't want to fight, they want to pick up. You know what they did last week when they got the bad news? They cried and fell apart. They picked up their kids. They loaded their truck up. They came to serve day. They came in here and packed this thing up. They put up one of the incredible boots. I thought you guys should have won. It was incredible. They put that thing up there, and they made a difference in the lives of over 700 people in our community because they're making a difference. They got a community of people around. Like, we're not going to stay down. We're going to get up. You need that because there's going to be days in your life when you don't want to get up. You need people around you. He's like, how much more do I need? These people that went far, they had great faith, but they had great people around them who had great faith. Some of you guys in here today, you've been tapping into my faith. But some people need to start tapping into your faith. I'm, I'm, I'm here today on, I'm on Craig, and Ed, Craig, Ed will be here, one of my overseers and pastor and a friend of mine and overseer of this church. Like, he'll be here in two weeks. I'm, I've wrote on his faith for long enough. He's like, all right, cool, time to get you some more people. You, you, you need to reproduce yourself. Some of you guys in here today, we need you. How much more do I need to say? We, it's, it's time for you to take your next step. He's saying, guys, how much, what else can I say? What else can I say? By faith, these people, they overthrew kingdoms. They rule with justice. They receive what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. I don't know about you guys in here today, but if it takes faith to shut the mouth of a lion, I want all the faith that God has for me. They quenched the flames of fire. Their weakness was turned to strength. You can highlight that in your Bible today. Do you want your weakness to be turned into strength? You know how, they, you, know how you get that to be done? You take the next step. I want my weakness to be made strong. And the only way for it to be strong is who Jesus is. Jesus does give you more than you can handle. So whatever pastor fed you that, they took that out of context. He does give you more than you can handle. But when he comes alongside, you're good to go. You're ready, you're ready to slay giants. You're ready to shut the mouths of lions. You're ready to shoot fiery darts at the enemy. And when he comes at you in the form of whatever he comes at you, you're ready to go. You're like, let's go. I'm ready to take the next step. My faith is going to allow me to get through what I'm going through. The Bible said these guys, I mean, this is just, this is, this is crazy. Verse 37, some of these dudes, they had such great faith. They were died, they died by stoning. Big, thrown in holes and big rocks dropped on them. Some were sawed in half because they were knowing God, finding freedom, discovering purpose, and making difference. This couple on the second road today, they're here today because Jenny invited them.
in, in, this, in this time, Jenny invited them, she would have been, been sawn in half. And we know Nelson couldn't survive without Jenny. That's just, it's a miracle he's, that she's allowed him to live this long. You know, she probably wouldn't have saw him in half, you know. Like, she, she's here on, some, on somebody else. Like, they're here because of somebody else. They're here because of somebody else. We need you here. It's time for you to take your next step. Everyone in here today can take a next step. I texted a friend of mine, I'm like, hey, it's time for you to go through next steps. It's your time. He said, what am I afraid of? You're not afraid. You're, you're waiting for a personal invite. It's time for you to take the next step. Everyone in here today, every single person here today can take another step, including me. I'm going to lead the way. I'm going to take another step today. You can take another step today. They were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. Nero would tie, would tie animal skins on Christians and have them run, and they would set lions loose to chase them down to eat them because of their faith. This dude was sick. He would take Christians, he would dip them in wax, and he would use them as a lantern to light up the sky. And you know why he did that to them? Because they were inviting people to Hero Day. Because they were inviting people to accept Christ as their Savior, believe that he died and rose again for them, to commit their life to Jesus. Oh, just the things that you're asking you guys to do. These guys lost their life for that. He doesn't want any of us in here to die for our faith. He's asking us to live for our faith. Verse 39. All these people are under good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them receive all that God had promised because what God is promising you is not just on this earth. There's more when we get to heaven. The promise is not here on earth. The promise is when we get to, when we get to heaven. Verse 40, I love this. God had something better in mind for you. You gotta take the next steps because it's better for you. Like, I don't know anyone here today that doesn't want better. I've never met that person. And if they don't want better, they just need to be around me for a few more minutes and I will get them to get excited about better. You want better. I know you. I know you're kind. Because your kind is my kind. Regular people trying to figure this all out. Trying to please the Lord. You're ready to take the next step. Now here's what I want you to know. Some of you, I thought about bringing a box up here today and covering this up. Some of you guys in here today, you're not going to be able to say, well, I didn't know there was a next step. Because now you know. I brought it here. There's another step. Your next step, it's right here. Some of you guys here today, you don't know who Jesus is as your Savior. Today's your day. You can place your faith in Jesus Christ. I wrote down a couple things about, about your next step. And here's your next step. This, is one, this, is, this has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God. Here it is. Faith is the next step. Faith is the next step. These guys, they didn't inherit all that God had for them. But what they did is they took the next step. You get to take the next step today. The next step for you is faith. When God told me to launch this church, all I knew was this. It was going to be hard. It was going to cost a lot of money. It was going to cost me some, some years of my life. But I knew this. I was going to take the next step. That's all I could do. I said, God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I didn't know it was going to be plant a church. If I knew it was going to be plant a church, I probably would have told him no. But you know what I know? I didn't know what we were going to look like four years later. I didn't know what we were going to look like at year two or year one. Can I be honest with you today? I worked so hard for the first service that I forgot how to do it the very next week again. <laughs> it's the next step. Faith is the next step. Faith is the next step. Here's the second thing. You, if you're here today and you want to take the next step, I want to let you know today, I, want, I know you because you're kind of like me. We're all in this together. You have enough faith to take the next step. 
No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Yes, you do. You have enough in you, enough faith in you to take the next step. Usually if you're here today, you know I'm, typically this is not my style. Last time I talked about next steps, I used a 12-foot ladder. That's more up my alley. I like to climb the top of things. This, I brought this because this, we all can do this. We all can do this. It's for you, Dad. When you get older, sometimes you got to pick your leg up. Not you, just some old people, some of you. You just, every one of you in here taking like this. You can take the next step. Every single one of you. Trevor, come here real quick. I love this guy. This guy came to our church. Believe it or not, he came here because of Joel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shocked, you know, like, this guy came. You know what he does every Sunday night? He sits here, he, he's, a, he's a lifeguard, he's saving lives. Trying to find his future wife and saving lives all at the same exact time. I'm proud you give me a dude. Smart, smart. Every week he comes and sits on the front row. I remember a few months ago he said to Pastor Joel, I did something for the very first time today. I'm like, when a kid tells you that you get nervous, he's like, I tied today. I tied today. 18 years old, 19, 18. I tied today. He was so excited by that. You know why he did that? Because someone helped him take the next step. You know what he does now on Sunday nights? He's not in our youth group anymore. He's he's mature, adult, you know, he's paying all of his own bills and moving out. None of those things. <laughs> full-time student working he comes here every single Sunday night and he sets up these lights we roll him down there we set up chairs tables every he does it every single Sunday night you want to know why he does that because he wants some young kids that were just where he was at a year ago two years ago three years ago four years ago five years ago middle school is good so they can know who God is so they can find freedom discover purpose make a difference and I know him. He's taking next steps. You want to know he's taking Because he's had someone help him. Someone's helped him take next steps. I'm going to help him. Joel's helped him. I'm going to help him. Craig helped me. My dad helped me get to Craig. Ed helped me. Dave, Janie helped me. I got a lot of guys who helped me. A lot of people. Have a seat. Thank you. It, you can take the next step. You have enough faith. Someone saw enough in him for him to take the next step. You have enough faith. Let me skip a couple things. Here's the last thing I want you to know. Is there are too many lives at stake for you not to take the next step. There's just way too many lives. There are people in this city, they're dying. They're going to a real place called hell. To a real place, a real attorney. There's just way too many people. There's way too many lives at stake for you not to take the next step. I walk into this salon with, with, these, with these two young ladies and go to give them hope high fives. And they work downtown Winter Garden. If you need a hairstylist, they're amazing. <clears throat> And I walk in there, and when I get there, like, this is my pastor. I was just inviting them to church. Here he is. They're making it, that's, people need, they need, real, they need Jesus. Like, yeah, we're going to, we need that. Their next step, they're just going to keep on inviting people. They're just going to keep on inviting people, because people need Jesus. This city is going to, people are going to, people are dying and going to hell all around us. And we have the greatest news of all time. More copies sold in more languages than any other book. We have the Bible about God who loves us, died on the cross for our sins, and changed our life. If you grew up in church, this God we know, Jesus, He's got His face on more church fans around the world than any other church fans. Or I mean, this guy has made a difference. He's changed our life. Let's take the next step. There's too many lives. Some of you guys here today, you, you've never asked Christ to be your Savior. Today's your day. 
Some of you guys in here today, you're being disobedient. And the reason why you're not being disobedient, the reason why you're being disobedient is because you haven't been baptized yet. And baptism is about obedience. Some of you guys, you haven't been baptized yet. You might have been sprinkled when you were a child. If you were sprinkled as a child, high five, awesome for your mom and dad telling you that you got to raise your, you got to go in the right direction. But now you need to make a commitment to God. They made a commitment to God by sprinkling you. Now it's your turn to make a commitment to God. Say, I'm going to follow you. Some of you guys today, you need to get baptized in two weeks. December 17th. You need to get baptized right here. Portable baptistry. We're going to set up for you. It's going to be awesome. You need to get baptized in two weeks. That's about being obedient. Baptism is about obedience. You know, you know another good reason why you should get baptized? Because Jesus did. Forget the obedience part. I want to be, you want to be like Jesus? Get baptized. Some of you guys in here today, your next step is to actually, when we end this hour in just a few moments, is to walk around that corner and to go to next steps and plug in with us. We need you. We need you. We've gone as far as we can go on people just jumping to next step. We need some more people to jump in next steps. We just need people to keep on jumping in it and saying, I'm going to help. Some of you guys in your day, you've been coming here for a long time. I'm talking to you. And you don't help us out at all. We need you. We need you. I'm not calling you out. That's not our church. I'm just saying we need you. Some of you guys, you know, you walk in for your very first time and you, your next step is to jump in that next steps class too. You're like, I don't know, dude. We just got here. You'll love this place. You will love this place because the people in this, the people in this place are amazing. The church is the people. The music is good. The people are just incredible. We serve in this city. We give in this city. We have a re- we're a four-year-old church. We have a repu- reputation in the city. One of the f- last night I was at this thing like this is one of the fastest growing churches in West Orlando. We're reaching people. We've seen hundreds of people saved. We need you here. Come make a difference. Come find out. Come see what it's all about today. If you like it, jump in. We need you here. You can make a di- you can make a difference. We're gonna allow you to come make a difference with us. Like you would do that for me. This guy's a good salesman. We're gonna allow you to come serve with us. Some of you guys in here today, you don't give to the vision of Hope Church. Can I, can I encourage you about vision? God gives us vision, not a vision, but we determine the speed of the vision. We gave away over 10,000 meals last year alone. That's just one of the things we did. Just 10, over 10,000. We're going to do more next year. Start giving here. We feed you. Pour into it. My friend said, I had a friend that said, um, he said, if you don't think we can, um, if you think we want your money, then give down the street and you can come down here. Giving will change your life. You want your life changed? You want to find freedom? Start giving. We have a young couple in our church. They're in the dead up to their eyeballs. And they made their budget and they didn't take out their tithing. And you know what she said to me? She's only been, she's only been on this journey for three weeks. She said to me a couple things. The most important thing she said to me, my marriage is already better in three weeks because the number one fight in marriages is about money. But here's what I know. If you do your money God's way, you have more than enough. You want to know why I know that? Because this book tells me the world of the generous gets larger and larger and larger. But the world of the stingy, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So it's weird. Get this. The more you give away, the more you, the more you allow to go through your hand, the more God can put in your other hand. You don't believe that though. I know you don't. 
because that doesn't make any sense to you. You like to do things that make sense. Can I tell you one thing about faith? Faith does not make sense. It just doesn't. I'll be the example. I'll just keep on being obedient. Now God gives me a car, I give one away. God gave me another car, and I got, I mean, I'm just going to keep on giving my stuff away. And God keeps on bringing me bigger and better. Obedience brings the blessing. Some of you guys today, you don't, you don't, you've been through next steps already, but you don't serve here. Come serve. The most rewarding thing you can do is come around on Saturday night at 5 o'clock and see this as a gymnasium and set this up. It's incredible. An hour of your life will, will, will make you more like Jesus. So I just want to encourage you today to take a step. Take a step. Maybe some of you guys, your next step is to bring somebody with you. The Walcotts bring people all the time. I told them last night, I was like, we really need you guys to start bringing people with you to church. <laughs> They're always bringing their friends. Maybe you just got to start bringing people. Maybe some of you guys just need to start, maybe some of you guys, you just got to start smiling. Maybe that's what got, that's your next step. You start, start, start smiling at people. <laughs> so maybe you just, maybe some of you guys in here today, you just got to start trusting again. There's a step for everybody.